You're tuned in to another episode of Shawana Speaks, where we receive motivation, inspiration, and elevation by me, Shawana. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get started with this week's episode right now. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Shawana Speaks. I really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, I'm coming just to talk to y'all about something that has been on my heart this week. Um, this week has been definitely interesting for me. Very much so interesting. I don't want to say trying, but um, rather eye-opening. Um, so I'm in the process of working towards a... Um, a definite, I, I I don't want to say it's a goal because it was definitely unexpected, but I'm working towards something, right? And the something that I'm working towards takes me being in certain places and certain um, areas and dealing with certain people. And for me, I'm the type of person when I go into a room, I automatically read the room. I feel the energies of the people that are there. I read that person or those people like, okay, how do I act? How am I supposed to maneuver here? What do I say? What do I not say? You know, just all those things. But this week, I was more so uh, not that. (laughs) I, I walked into a room. And I ended up meeting two people. And y'all, I was just myself. Laughing, talking, joking. Usually I like change my voice a little bit, especially in certain settings to sound more professional. But I didn't do that this week, y'all. And as I'm talking to these people, um, this man, this older man, he was like, you know what? I like you. Like, you funny. You funny and you smart and you know the sayings and all this other stuff and in that moment I felt myself realize something about myself and it wasn't because he validated or verbally expressed it it made me realize that I have reached a place in my life, in my 28 years of life, where I finally see myself the way God sees me. And I can't unsee it. I finally see myself outside of the views and the various opinions of other people. I've reached a place where people's opinions of me no longer has the power to oppress me. I think we all have been in a place where we just wanted to be accepted. We didn't want to be picked last for games when we were little. We kind of sort of shrunk ourselves in areas where God was calling us to be stronger or to be bigger or to show up greater than what we 
showed up as because we wanted to fit in. And I realized that fitting in never really allows you to be who you're called to be because you're always trying to be who somebody else wants you to be. Um, we constantly say, well, I don't know who I am. Or I don't know what I want to do. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. When the truth is you do know, you just don't know how people are going to respond to what you are or who you are or what you say or how you act. And, um, I really just, I don't say I'm just getting here because I, I have always, or not have always, I have for the most part, probably like five years or so realized that I have something to say and I have a gift in which that gift is to speak. But just because somebody gives you something doesn't always mean that you're willing to receive it or going to receive it with gratitude. And for a long time, I didn't receive my gift as a gift, but I viewed it as a glitch. I viewed the gift of speaking as it being a glitch, like something is wrong with me. Something's wrong with me because I can't stop talking in school and now I got ends and use on my Thursday folder. I don't know if y'all got Thursday folders, but I got ends and use on my Thursday folders because... I'm getting in trouble for talking. And when I get in trouble for talking, I get a beating when I get home. And it frustrated me to the point where I was like, I got to stop talking so much. I, I I heard, oh, you extra. And I, and I stopped being extra. I heard you do too much. And so I just did the bare minimum in order, minimum in order to fit in. And I have reached a place in my life, in my 28 years of life where I fully understand that I'm not too much. That person's just not enough. They don't hold the capacity to handle me. So it's not a me problem. It's a them problem, but they place the problem on me because they refuse to face their own insecurities. My presence is a problem because your lack of presence is a problem for you. But you would rather make me the victim because putting the blame on, placing the blame on somebody else is so much better than actually admitting that I might have some insecurity issues. I actually might be intimidated by you. And I know that you probably should be inspiration to me, but you don't serve as that. You serve as a reminder of the things that I lack. And what I want to convey to you all is this God is not impressed by the person that you pretend to be not only is he not impressed the lives that you are supposed to impact cannot be inspired by the imposter that you're showing up as somebody needs you to talk Because they're attached to your words. Somebody needs you to create. But because they are connected to the confusion that has taken place in your life. Somebody needs you to run. Because they are 
in the race with you, but they don't know where they're going. So they gotta until you not even they don't know where you're going. Let me pause. Let me let me pause. Somebody needs you to run because they can't move until you do. This is a four by four or four by one. I can't remember the race. It's been a while since I've looked at track. Until you get to your mark and pass the baton, they can't move. So somebody needs you to do what it is that you're called to do in this earth so that they can finally catch wind and grab the baton and go to the next level and get to the next person that they are connected to. And we are so afraid of what our parents are going to say or what our teachers are going to say or what our friends are going to say or what people are going to say and or do that we stand still because fear has left us paralyzed. But the purpose of this message is to get you to realize that as long as you stall, the harder you're going to fall, the harder the guilt will fall on you in your life. Do you know there are people that are 50 and 60, 80 and above looking at so many people, so many young people live their lives saying, I wish I had. I hope I, I sure wish I could go back and, 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 and turn back the hands of time. We can't. We cannot. People are always going to have something to say. People are always going to have an opinion of you, but people's opinions of you has nothing to do with the purpose God has for you. People's opinions of you has nothing to do with the plans that God has for you. And we live in such a generation where social media has taken an account. So we think that likes make us so much better. And if they don't like it, then it must not be popular. If it's not liked, then it's not popping. But I need you to not focus on the likes and focus on the legacy. You were called to do something in the earth. And you don't want to do it because... Oh, well, I don't think people are going to like this. I don't think people will come to this. And I find myself guilty because the other day I made a status. I'm in the process of planning an event. And I made a status the other day. And I was like, well, if we hold such and such, who going to come? And I know some people are like, well, I mean, that is a good strategy. If you're going to host an event, you want to know who's going to be there. But honestly, if we start making our purposes a democracy we will forget that it's actually a monarchy and the only person that we're supposed to be listening to is the king which is god and we are royalty so as women and even men if you're listening kings and queens we are the monarchies over our lives we are supposed to make that decision but when you start making a democracy and getting votes and trying to figure out who going to be in approval and who ain't and getting yays and nays, then you stay where you are and you never expand. You never grow. You never move. Well, this person said, yeah, but this person said, no, 
I have learned in my 28 years of living that if you're trying to make sure that everybody is okay, then somebody's not going to be okay. And that somebody is usually you. I want to satisfy this person. I want to appease this person. I want to please this person. Nobody's ever on the same wavelength. And so I might not be your cup of hot, a cup of tea, but I'm somebody else's cup of hot chocolate. And that's okay. It is okay to be you. Because at who who else can do you like you? Who else can be you like you? You can give them the recipe. The sauce still won't taste the same. Sis, bro, something on the inside of you is so unique. Can't nobody do what you can do. Walk like you do, talk like you do, write like you do, sing like you do, uh, work like you do, clean like you do. There, we're, We all have a gift. All have a gift. And God gives us gifts. And when I think about gifts and I think about being who God called me to be and I think about authentically being myself and being transparent and being open and being vulnerable, I think about Joseph in the coat of many colors. And I don't know if y'all knew or know this story. I won't assume that everybody does. But in the story, um, Joseph basically is the brother that is most favored. Um, his father loves him. Everybody loves Joseph. And his and, and Joseph is a dreamer. And Joseph starts telling his brothers um, his dreams. And in the midst of him telling them his dreams, or in the midst of him telling them his dreams, um, they start getting jealous. And one of his dreams he had that they would bow before him. And they didn't like that too much. So they sold him into slavery. Um, and they pretended that they had killed him. Joseph ends up in a um, pit. Joseph ends up in a prison. Joseph ends up in a palace. Joseph ends up back. Um, Joseph ends up being persecuted. And then Joseph ends up being king of that palace. And um, and all that Joseph went through, the beauty of it is this. Joseph remained himself. Joseph remained the server that he was. Um, Joseph knew that he was favorite. Joseph held on to his dreams. And as he dreamed with his brothers, when he went into the palace to serve in the palace, he interpreted the dreams of the king and all those that were there. And so he held on to his dream. He held on to his identity. He held on to who he was, irregardless of the situation. And a lot of times, who we are changes where we are. A lot of times, who we are changes in the environments that we are in. Like I said, when I go into certain rooms, I'm like, all right, we're sitting straight up. Oh, we can only slouch a little bit. Oh, do I have to talk like this? Okay, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Or can I say, girl, yeah. And so, mm-hmm, because... We we change, but God cannot bless the person that you pretend to be. 
If Joseph would have decided, you know what, I don't want to be favorite no more. Y'all gonna put me in a pit. Okay, cool. I'll I'll change. I'll conform. I'll be who you want me to be. Joseph would have never ended up where he was supposed to be, which was in the palace. And the dream of his brothers bowing to him still came to fruition, not in and came to pass, not in his time, and not like how he saw it, but how and when it was supposed to. Can you be you long enough to become who you see you are supposed to be soon enough? Can you be who you are long enough to become who you know you can be soon enough? And soon don't mean tomorrow. Soon don't mean in the next second. Soon don't mean suddenly. It means eventually. You have to stop expecting people to accept who you are. Stop expecting people to accept you and start accepting yourself. When I got to a place of self-actualization, I reached a level of self-acceptance that says whether you see me or whether you acknowledge that you do, I see and accept all of me, <clears throat> excuse me, I am a vibe. I am a gift. Not only do I have gifts, but I am a gift to every room. And it took me 28 years to see myself the way God sees me. And you might be listening in your 15 or you might be listening in your 16 or 26 or 37. It doesn't matter. I want you to get to a place that you see yourself in the same light that God sees you. And he says, you are the apple of my eye. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are of a royal priesthood. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are um, loved. You are good and loved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God calls you to be so many things. But what I love is that he never called us to be perfect. He never called us to be perfect. He knows all the things that you are going to do before you do them. And yet he still loves you. He calls you loved. He's called you. He's qualified you. And he's justified you. He's done that. And so we've got to be careful not to compare ourselves. Because he says that that's unwise. It is unwise to compare yourself to other people. So don't do it, y'all. Don't run yourself crazy. Don't run yourself raggy trying to see, oh, well, how can I get this many likes? And how can I be like her? Or how can I do this? Y'all, there is a part of you. There is a piece of you. There are, There is a whole you that nobody else can be. Start taking God's view. When you start looking at you and saying, ew, ooh, look at me. 
Don't compare yourself to none of them, y'all. You are one of one. There's nothing and no one on this earth that is quite like you. I challenge you all to change the perspective that you have on yourself. To see yourself reaching your best potential. I had to tell myself tonight, I really am my ancestors answered prayers. Because the people that came before us kind of sort of didn't know themselves. They were who their masters told them that they had to be. The, the, our, our ancestors that went through slavery, our ancestors that went through the Jim Crow law, um, our ancestors that basically just had to be under the rule and thumb, and even us now being under the rule and thumb of the government and of people who do have negative comments and opinions, sometimes people fall victim to that. They fall victim to who people say they are. But what I love, I love, 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 is that when you come to the place where it's like, forget people, what do I say I am? Who do I say I am? Who did God say I am? God said, I'm a ruler. And I have dominion over all of this. When he created Adam and Eve, he made them rulers. And y'all, what is so beautiful, Brittany Cumbia, I have to shout out. Brittany said this. In the story of Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit out of the garden, first of all, when God created Adam and Eve, he created them um, in his image and in his likeness, and he created them naked. Okay, y'all know they was walking around and got a clothes on. Well, when they ate the fruit and became obviously aware that they didn't have on any clothes. Um, God started walking through the garden, right? And he said, um, where are you? And yeah, I swear I want to find this in the Bible. I should have had this ready. But anywho, he said, where are you? And he said, um, you know, we're naked or something something along those lines. I really wish I could say. Oh, and he, he said, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard that voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Basically, who told you that? Brittany said this thing the other day, y'all. And it wrecked me. Who told you that? Who told you that you was wasn't good enough. Who told you that you couldn't do what it is that you want to do? Who told you that you would never be anything? Who told you that you cannot move and actually make it? Who told you that you can't you can't make it working a nine to five? Who told you that you had to have a backup plan in order to leave this job that no longer serves you? Who told you that you had to come from a six figure earning family in order to make six figures yourself? Who told you that as a single parent, now you got to be on section eight or you got to be on this and you have to endure that? Who told you that? Statistics? Yeah, them numbers. Like I said, numbers don't lie. 
And I got a number for you. God's track record is 100 and oh. So his, his, yeah, God's track record is 100 and oh. Not only do I have those numbers for you, out of two fish and five loaves of bread, God fell 5,000 people. So if we're talking about numbers and what matters most, yeah, them numbers don't lie. And his miracles don't either. His plans don't fail. His word is always true. So whose report will you believe? Whose report are you going to believe? That of the father or that of his followers? Because them disciples wasn't doing much neither. They was getting in trouble for not believing or asking constant questions, which we do. And it's, it's perfectly fine. But he was flesh and still perfect. He was one of us. But let them kids say he is not one of them. He wasn't one of them. But you are, <coughs> excuse me, you are one of his. You are one of one, a chosen one. And sometimes being a chosen one comes with different responsibilities, different heartache, different struggles, different pain. But it comes with being different. And your difference is going to make a difference as soon as you start walking in it and allowing and accepting the fact that you are different. Accepting that you are different in order to make a difference in purpose when you're in purpose and doing it on purpose. Step into who you are and don't allow people to project their negative experiences and the negative emotions on you I pray that you ask yourself the hard question who told you that who told me that I can't who told me that I have to who told me that this is my life ask yourself and then once you answer stop putting action behind that answer so that you can create a different legacy I pray that this this episode will help you step into the next evolution of who you are. There is a version of you that is waiting for you to collide with the realization that this isn't it for me. That the song Rich Tobert Jr. has that I know the plans he has for me. And I know the thoughts that he thinks towards me. And nothing is an accident. I'm alive because there is more. The suicide didn't work. The attempt that people had to take you out didn't work. The domestic violence didn't work. The rape didn't work. The the childhood that was so traumatic didn't work. It didn't take you out. You still have your right mind. The neglect didn't work. You still have your right mind. Because there's more. Step into you. Step into your truth. And walk it out. Don't run. Walk daily. Sacrifice daily. Maximize your 24 hours daily. But lay aside every weight that so easily besets you daily. Take his uh, his burden. Is easy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Take it. Walk with it. And watch how God causes you to soar. I pray 
um, that you enjoy this and that after listening, you recognize and realize there's so much more. I love y'all and y'all have a great, wonderful night and or day, whatever time you're listening to this. And I will see you on the next episode of Shawana Speaks.